Welcome to Hour of Champions. I'm Steve Warner, former bond trader turned entrepreneur. In each episode, it is our goal to help people reclaim their courage by connecting them to their physical, mental, and spiritual greatness. Join us as we help reshape our stories and become the heroes of our own personal journey. Good uh, afternoon, good morning, Steve Warner, Hour of Champions, the founder and creator. And this is the first podcast that we're doing with an actual live guest. We launched the Hour of Champions podcast about six weeks ago. And mainly it has just been me sharing a bunch of tidbits of information. So I am am like super honored and grateful to introduce you guys to Matt. I call him Matthew Friedman because I've known him since the day he's born. And sometimes... um, Sometimes you lose track of people for a day, a week, a year. And I think I lost track of Matt for um, about 80% of his life, actually. And we reconnected recently. And my God, we shared our stories. And his story resonated so much with the young Steve Warner. Um, I always stress the victim to hero story and how you wake up every day when your feet hit the floor you win the role of either the victim of your life or the hero of your life. And whichever role you win is how you live. And uh, Matt has an amazing, amazing story to share today uh, from both sides, as a matter of fact. Um, so without further ado, welcome, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. I honestly, I really do appreciate and being the first guest or live guest that that's uh, I, I'm really honored. Thank you. This is history, history in the making. Um, so Matt is uh, going to be kind enough to rewind a little bit and share his victim story with us and uh, and then share the flip side and then tell us where he's headed down the road. He is a very courageous young guy and uh, I'm, I'm super proud of him. I really am and uh, Thank you. I can't wait to, to follow his story, but let's dive right in, buddy. Um, take it away. Tell us yeah. your story. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, obviously, I think uh, just to give you a little bit of background, I'm 33 now. Um, so getting old. <laughs> but um, no, uh, you know, I it, it's been uh, it's been a long life in 33 years. And I think that, um, you know, going back to just when everything started to, I would say, crumble, um, I was, I would say 10 years old. Um, my parents were getting divorced. Um, you know, my family, well, you know, my story, um, and things were bad even before then, you know, going back to probably when I was like six or seven, or at least to when I can remember, uh, just yelling, screaming, fighting, uh, you know, pretty much everything in the house that you would expect from a a couple that's, uh, on their way out. Um, and, at the time, I didn't really know what was going on as a kid, um, but looking back at it in hindsight, you know, I knew there was a lot of alcohol involved and drugs involved, and uh, you know, it just got to a point where, um, again, I, I I saw that as as uh, as normal, 
Um, that was normal to me. Uh, screaming, yelling, arguing, fighting, drinking, drugs, late nights. Um, you know, that was, that was normal. I mean, my, I think my parents had a, an entire wing of the house that was dedicated to partying, um, you know, with like the pool table and the bar and the patty. I mean, it was just, uh, that's, that's all I knew. That's all I knew was partying. And so as I kind of got older, as my parents got divorced, um, things started getting really bad in the house. And because it was bad in the house, I mean, physical abuse, mental abuse, um, it, it got to a point where I just, I never wanted to be in the house. I stopped listening to them. There were, you know, do your homework. No, you know, fuck off. I don't want to do my homework. I don't want to listen to you. Um, and and uh, everything that I did was, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to be away. I just wanted to get away from what was happening inside of that house. So, um, you know, as I kind of got older, um, I struggled to figure out who my real friends were, um, you know, who was a good friend, who was just, uh, you know, dragging me into, the, into these bad places. And um, I did. I started hanging out with a lot of the wrong people. Um, you know, in high school, I was drinking and smoking pot, like young, uh, you know, like freshman year, which is like, what, 14 years old. And um, I mean, I remember there were days where I was showing up to class drunk in, in high school. Um, and, and, you know, like, people would laugh and, and they would think that it was funny. And so that I, I saw that as like, oh, I'm like, this is a way for me to connect with people and, and a way for me to, uh, I guess, be liked. Um, and it just kind of spiraled downhill from there. And I, I became this, this person who was always the center of attention, which I, I love. I love being the center of attention. Um, but it was for all the wrong reasons. And uh, really started spiraling. Um, you know, as I, as I got out of high school, all my friends went off to college. And I didn't because I was not a good student. I did not get good grades. I didn't care to get good grades. Um, if I had tried, I probably would have. But, um, you know, I just, I didn't care for it. I didn't care for school. Um, the, what I did care about was was being popular um, and, and having friends and, and going out and partying and being that center of attention. And um, like I said, it just, it, it went, it went south. Um, and again, a lot of it, I, I looked at it as like, okay, this was normal. This is what I had dealt with my whole life. This is what I had seen my whole life and um, really started spiraling um, as I got out because I had a couple group of, you know, I, I actually did have some really good friends who are still some of my closest friends today um, going back to high school, but um, a lot of them went off to college and uh, you know, I'm here with a, a couple people and we're going out every weekend. I, again, I wasn't, I, I didn't go to college. So I started working and right out of high school, I was in sales. I was working at uh, first a hockey shop and then I ended up working at Geico. Um, and that was my first real job at like 19 years old. And I started making some good money, um, but I was not in a place to have money. Um, so I was going out, I was spending it on drugs, spending it on booze and uh, gambling and, and doing Can all stop the real quick. Were you resentful at that time of your upbringing at all? Um, hadn't clicked in yet. I don't think it. I don't think it clicked yet. But but looking back at it, yes, definitely. I, I think that I was always looking for. You know, my my father was very successful. Um, you know, and I grew up in a house where I saw a lot of nice things. We went on vacations. We did all the things that, um, you know, not your average 
person gets to experience as, as a kid. Um, and, you know, I, I, had, I always had big goals, big aspirations. I always wanted these things. I always wanted a Ferrari and I always wanted to go and have houses all over the world. You know, that was something that I, that I definitely wanted, but I, at that time, and I still want a lot of those things, but, but at the time I wanted those things for the wrong reasons. Um, I thought that those things would make me happy because looking back at it, I remember there were good times in my house and there were good times with, you know, my dad rolling around downtown Highland Park with me and his Ferrari blasting, you know, Prince, you know, and just like going crazy. But, but like, I, I do remember a lot of the good times. So I felt like, um, once the divorce happened, once everything, uh, you know, really went downhill, you know, the money kind of went away, um, everything got miserable. And, and so I kind of connected the two with, yeah, like I need to make money and, and that's what's going to make me happy. Um, so like when I started working, I did, I started making money. I think I was 19 making like forty-five, fifty $50,000 a year, which at the time, this was like right before the market crashed um, in 2007, 2008, 2009. Um, and so like a lot of my friends were coming out of college at that point and they couldn't find jobs right. and I'm over here making a little bit of money, um, you know, getting some bonuses and, and, you know, being able to go out party, you know, uh, buy bottle service with my friends and go out and, and take care of people because again, that's what my dad did. Right. And so, uh, it was, it was something that just, I spiraled and, um, then I lost my job and, uh, what happened was uh, I stole $40 out of like a petty cash drawer for no reason. I needed gas. I mean, I could have asked my boss for the money. He was a, a family friend. So I could have asked him for the money. He would have given it to me. I didn't ask him. Um, I took the money and got caught and he fired me, um, you know, to really make an example out of, you know, he's like, listen, you need to get it together. You know, you're, you're going down the wrong path. And that honestly was probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Um, but I was still in a place where I was using this, uh, this past, everything that was, that was happening to me. Uh, it wasn't because of me. It was because of how I was raised. It was because of this, you know, drinking and gambling and doing all these things. Um, I didn't see it as this was my fault. I, I always looked at it as it was the way that I was raised. It was the, it was the house that I grew up in. It was the, the neighborhood that I grew up in. Um, I never looked You're at the victim it. victim of the circumstances. Right. Absolutely. Right. So um, got fired, got another job in insurance, uh, hated it, realized that that just, that wasn't for me. Um, and I ended up getting a, a job. My, my plan at that time was to get a job as a server or bartender and then go back to school. Cause I figured that was the way to go. You know, I didn't go to college. Maybe I should go back to college. You know, I'm not going to get a, I'm not going to get a good job right now with no education um, yet. I had some sales experience, but I, and I did well, but I, you know, I wasn't going to find it, the job that was going to pay me the money that I was looking for um, without that education. So I got a job at a bar downtown um, and that's where things really started going downhill because I was around booze all day, um, late nights, staying up until four or five in the morning, um, being surrounded by people that really didn't have goals. They didn't have dreams. They didn't have this, um, this, uh, this, this dream of being successful, you know, or some of them did, some of them wanted to be actors or actresses. Um, but, but most of the people, and, and I love them, but most of them are still there. You know, most of them are still there. And, um, I always wanted something bigger. Um, 
but I got sucked in and I never ended up going to school. And uh, within a couple weeks of being at that bar, uh, the GM came up to me. He's like, Matt, why are you serving? You know, why are you bartending? Like you could manage this whole place. Um, and he gave me the manager position. And I'm like, okay, maybe I could be a manager in the restaurant industry and, and right. be successful, right? Uh, open up my own bar, or open up my own restaurant one day. And um, I started managing and it just, it was not the right it wasn't the right thing for me, you know? And again, I was staying up until 5am. I was drinking, I was gambling. Uh, I was dating uh, my now wife, but at the time um, she saw this, she saw what I was, what was happening. You know, she saw that I was drinking every night. She saw that I was gambling. Um, and she's like, listen, there, I, I can kind of go into my rock bottom story if you want me to. Um, but, uh, sounds I, like you were spiraling, spiraling downward pretty hard. It, it was, it was pretty hard at this point. I mean, I was yeah, drinking every night. Were you accepting responsibility or was that? Not yet. Not yeah. yet. No, I still wasn't. Um, and uh, again, a lot of this was normal. I remember having this conversation the day after I hit rock bottom with my now wife and I, I, I sat down with her and I literally remember telling her, I go, I don't see what the big deal is drinking four five, six beers a night. That was literally the words that came out of my mouth. Like that was normal because that's all I saw my whole life. Right. And, and again, I still wasn't, I still wasn't owning it. It still wasn't my fault. It was normal because of everything that I saw growing up because of the industry that I would, that I've been in. Um, it was just normal. Um, and, and still not taking responsibility, but, but going back to rock bottom, I, uh, I had gone to Vegas with some friends and uh, we had won a bunch of money. Like, you know, for me at the time, now I'm looking at it as like, okay, it was a good amount of money, right? Um, and, you know, maybe two, three months worth of paychecks, right? So it was a good amount of money. Yeah. And I came back home and I, came, I went to my girlfriend. I'm like, let's go to the casino. Like, we've got all this money. Like, let's turn this into this, right? Um, and I just remember going and within the first like hour, I was up like a thousand bucks or like 2000 bucks. And she's like, let's go, like, let's go. And I'm like, no, no, like I'm here to make money. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, I'm here to make some money. Like, I want to like, I want to make some money. I'm up a thousand bucks. Like I'm here to make 10,000, 15, 20,000. Like I'm here to make money. And, and she's like, all right, well, I'm leaving. Like, I'm not doing this with you. Uh, so she left. And then I remember nothing except for waking up the next morning. And uh, my, you know, my eyes are crusted shut. The worst hangover of my life. And I like, I just remember rolling over, looking at my cell phone. I had a million missed calls, text messages, you know, voicemails, the whole thing, all from my now wife. Um, God bless her. I, I'm, you know, the fact that she's with me, but, um, basically what had happened was she's, you know, I can't, I finally, I called her back and I couldn't even understand what she was saying. She was just yelling. And I basically lost everything that I went in there with, lost all the money that I had in Vegas. Uh, I cleared out her bank account. So I literally, I had her debit card. I went in, cleared it out. I went in, cleared my bank account out. So there was nothing left. And, uh, 
And I just remember um, like bawling, crying, like hysterical, like what in the world did I do? Um, you know, I not only not only am I in this place where I'm at rock bottom personally, but now I'm dragging the person that I really love the most, the, the only person that's really ever believed in me truly um, and, and has sat here and said, listen, like you have all the talent, um, all the potential in the world, but you're wasting it. You're throwing it away. Um, and and now, I've, now I've lost that trust in her and put her in a position where, you know, maybe she's not going to be with me. And that was tough. That was a wake up call for me. And I looked, I, I got off the phone with her and I looked at, you know, I went to the bathroom, I'm wiping my, my face off. And I'm just like, I, this has to stop right now. Like everything needs to change right now. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but it needs to change because I can't keep living this life. I can't like, this is, this is like, I'm going to either wind up like my mother or I'm going to wind up, um, you know, just in jail or something, you know, like it just, it was going to wind up really, really bad. There was no uh, positive outcome of how I was living my life and I needed to change. And I, like I said, I didn't really know how I was going to, but um, you know, my uh, Julia, she, she basically said to me, she's like, listen, she's like, I want to be with you and I want to spend my life with you, but I'm not going to spend my life with you if this is who you are. Um, we need to get you help. Like you clearly have a problem. Uh, you know, you clearly have a gambling problem. You clearly have a drinking problem and we need to get help. And so I did, I, I went to a therapist, uh, which I'm highly against. I still am not so big into therapy, but, um, at the time I was highly against because, uh, back in the day, my mom thought that there was always something wrong with me. So she was putting me on all these like horse tranquilizer pills that, you know, I mean, so I always just had a bad taste in my mouth with therapy, but um, I did find somebody who um, was really, I, I just connected with him. Um, you know, he actually had a drinking and gambling problem himself. So we just were able to connect on that level. Um, and I got, I got better, you know, and uh, I, I still have my moments when it comes to drinking, like going out and, and having one or two too many, but um, they're few and far between. And then as far as gambling, I haven't gambled since. You so. mentioned one thing that really, really um, specific when we first reconnected, and that was how when you hit that rock bottom part, you started taking ownership. Previous to that, you were kind of blaming your past, mm -hmm. your childhood, and it was kind of you got you were kind of free to do whatever you want because it was all it was all kind of the script was written for you yeah. by your childhood, and then you kind of turned it around, you went from what I call the victim to reclaiming your courage to start on that path as the hero, and you used something that was incredibly brilliant. You told me how you started thanking your parents for your upbringing, because you could have never, and I'm gonna let you fill in the blank here, because this is yeah. really, this well, is this actually, it, a part of this story. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't right at that moment. It wasn't right at that moment. I did start turning my life around in terms of, you know, uh, seeking out motivation, inspiration, trying to better myself, taking online courses, taking classes, attending seminars, doing the things that I really needed to do to figure out 
what my purpose was and what I wanted to do with my life. At that time, though, I was still blaming my parents. Mm. Um, it wasn't until I would say a year, year and a half ago, uh, I came across a documentary by Tony Robbins, who's just a complete life change. I mean, a life changer. I mean, he's incredible. And, you know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's a bunch of BS and blah, blah, blah. You know, if you really are, are having problems, I definitely recommend, um, you know, just listening and, and truly listening to what he has. my trajectory in 1999. Yeah. One of the first to go. Yep. Yeah. So um, I watched a, there's a documentary on Netflix called I Am Not Your Guru. Highly recommend it. I've told endless amounts of people about it. And uh, if you are struggling, if you are doing, going through something, if you're, if you're dealing with a victim and, and you're, you're playing the victim, um, you definitely need to watch this. Um, and I think it's one of the first scenes or two in the documentary where there's a young girl who uh, is sitting there blaming her father for everything that he's put her, put her through. Um, and that she wishes that she, she would have gotten uh, more love and more support from her father. Uh, and, and Tony just looks at her in the face and says, listen, if you, if you are going to blame him, you need to blame him more intelligently. And that just wow. like, I'm like, okay, like it stuck with me, but I'm like, okay, what does he mean by that? He's like, listen, he's like, if, if your dad was the dad that you wanted him to be, you wouldn't be this strong, independent woman that you are today. Um, and, and that just, like, literally, I've got, like, my hairs are raising on my arm right now. Like, I've got goosebumps. Um, so it just, it, so that was it. Powerful. That was the moment where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done blaming my mom for beating the shit out of me and all this, you know, being an alcoholic and treating us terribly and, um, you know, done with my dad and, and I'm done blaming everybody for all these bad things that they did for me. Um, it, it was for me. It, it was, if like, like Tony said, if they were the parents that I had wanted them to be looking back at it, if, if they were the, these people, like if I had this, like vision of who I would want my perfect parents to be, um, I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't be in a place today where, um, you know, I have people coming up to me. I, you know, like I have a Facebook group that I had 400 people join in one day. And like, that is mind boggling to me, but I have, you know, top producing realtors coming up to me, asking me if I can train their agents and, and come up. And I've been a realtor for four years. It's not like I've been in the business for 20, 30 years, but um, it just, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here today in a position to be able to help other people, which is what I'm super passionate about. And, and over these past four and a half, five years since hitting rock bottom, I've realized that that is my purpose is helping others. Um, and that's what I want to do. That's what I get the most passion. That's what I get. That's why I wake up and get out of bed every morning is, is to help other people. If I could help one person every day, that's more than enough. You know, if I could help more, amazing. But um, what a stuff. That's, that's, that's incredibly amazing. And if, you know, uh, for the people that are listening, I happened to work with Matt's dad at the time, and he was an exceptional, exceptional trader. We were in the bond pit at the Chicago Board of Trade. And I think one thing that, you know, really resonates for me with this story, because I saw it in the, in the markets, that a lot of times, you know, the people have this misconception that when you hit rock bottom, you just lay there forever. Sometimes rock bottom is the greatest springboard 
straight back up to um, to super success. And I, I kind of envision the way you use the bottom to just say, okay, thank you very much. I cleaned it out. Boom, it's over. Time yeah. to spike right back up. And, and, and rock bottom was in the making for some time. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't just – that was that moment that, like, really I was like, okay, if I, if I want to spend the rest of my life with this woman and if I want to get my life together, I, I, there's, I need to make changes. But uh, it, was a, it was years of, of playing the victim, right? It was years of playing the victim leading up to that moment where I was like, I, this is, I can't live like this anymore. This is not how I want to live my life. And I know that I, could, I, I can find the success that I'm looking for and I can be happy and find this happiness. And um, just to be completely clear, like for everything that I hated my parents for, there's so much good that came out of that too, you know, and not just from the bad, from like there, my dad, like I am the person I am because of my dad, you know, a respectful, uh, caring, loving human being. Um, there, there's so much good that, that comes from him. There's so much good that comes from my mom. Um, you, you know, the creative. Have, have you ever explored uh, what, what is called dark night of the soul? Oh, I'm, we get off, look it up. Okay. We went through it at a very young age. And in a nutshell, it's a period in life that you go through a very, very dark period. And uh, the reason that you do is so that you can find your purpose. Yeah. And without going through that period, you would never make that discovery. And uh, it's a gift, you know, it, it's, it's a gift if, if you understand it. And, uh, yeah. and I think you're really cognizant of your gift, the way you tell your story and the way that you were smart enough to tune into a guru like Tony Robbins and be open-minded and just listen for a nugget, right? Like you don't buy a Tony Robbins disc and go, here, I want my life saved. You listen. And you pick up one or two things that you can implement into changing the trajectory of your entire life. And, and yeah. you did that at a young age. And um, I mean, that documentary is like two hours. And like, if you asked me to go back and remember anything else about it, like yeah. I couldn't tell you because that was the one thing that just clicked with me that, that turned everything around. What, what advice would you give a young millennial right now who is playing the victim? You're young. You're, you're young and, and there's, you know, there's definitely hope. You just have to really uh, find the right person at the right time, I would say. Um, you know, it, it really did take me years to uh, come across that one nugget. Um, but I'm in a place where I'm still trying to get better. I, I wouldn't say that I'm in the best place. I, I'm definitely in the best place in my life, but I'm not anywhere near where I think I am capable of or where I want to be. Um, and I'm just constantly trying to get better. Um, I, I listen to people that I resonate with. Tony Robbins is one of those people. Um, you know, Grant Cardone, I know he comes off as, um, you know, not the best to s certain people, but, um, you know, I I've been trying to get my money right for the past four years and he's got his money right. So I'm listening to him in terms of my finances, um, in terms of real estate, because that is something that I want to do is own, uh, you know, multi-unit properties. Um, so, you know, I, I, I seek out help from the people that are doing it at very, very, very high levels. I used to take advice from my dad. I used to take advice from people that have not been to the place that I'm trying to get to. 
Um, and I think that's really important is if you're really trying to get somewhere, um, listen, it's, it's not easy. It's not, it, it was not easy for me to say, listen, I'm not taking this advice from the person that I grew up idolizing. Um, you know, I, I, I just, it's not easy, but you have to do it. You have to really surround yourself with the right people and, you know, drop the toxic people out of your life and, and listen to the people that are doing what you want to do um, at a very high level. I listen to Tony Robbins. I listen to Dean Graciosi, um, who I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, sure. but yeah. um, I, I listen to Grant Cardone in terms of finances. Um, and I just listen to people that are, that are doing it at the highest level possible um, because that's what I want to, that's where I want to be at, at that highest level. Um, I'm not trying to be average. I'm not trying to be a little bit above average. I'm trying to be the best. Um, and the best that I can be at, at what I want to do with my life. And I think that if you have any sort of aspirations, um, you have to look up to the right people. We're on similar paths. I'm just uh, 30 years ahead of you. And I too am very introspective, always thinking about growing, uh, always realizing that what got you here won't get you there. Great cliche by another brilliant coach, Marshall, Marshall Goldsmith and, um, yeah, kudos to you for searching for, you know, the right people in my Power of Champions uh, coaching program. Uh, week five is called The People, and it's imperative that you uh, you surround yourself with success. Yeah. Uh, because when you surround yourself with victims, it's inevitable that they will drag you down. Misery loves company. And, uh, you know, conversely, when you reclaim your courage and find the hero, part of your journey, heroes come into your life all over the place. They want to take you to the next level because they need you to radiate and do it for the next young person that finds their self in victim mode. So tell, I know you made a big announcement this week. Tell us about the big announcement real quick. Yeah. So, um, you know, and this, this kind of plays into the whole, the whole story, but, um, you know, my wife and I have, uh, accepted a position in Miami um, actually, it's in Fort Lauderdale, but we're going to be moving to Miami in um, three weeks from yesterday, um, which is very exciting. Um, and I think that again, this is this is something. If you uh, if if this was in front of my face five years ago, I wouldn't have taken it because I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared for it. Um, and you know, I think that I've lived in this comfort zone for the past, you know. 30, how old am I? 33 years, right? So I've lived in this comfort zone um, and I'm really trying to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Same thing with my wife. You know, neither of us have lived anywhere else. Neither, we've like, our honeymoon was three weeks. That's the longest we've been away from Chicago uh, was three weeks. Um, and so uh, to pack our bags, you know, I mean, we've got, I've got boxes all over my office right now, like to pack our bags and to move somewhere completely new, we know like two people out there. Obviously, we're going to have people come visit. It's Miami. Um, but it's, it's a big change. It's a big risk um, and something that we, we needed to do in order to grow um, and in order to continue to get to this place that we're trying to seek out and, and get to. Awesome. Where yeah. can everybody find you if they need to? Uh, yeah, so please uh, follow me on my Instagram, my personal page, Maddie F. Baby. Uh, it's a nickname that I got back in the day when I was, uh, I thought I was Lil Wayne. <laughs> but, um, you know, M A T T Y dot F dot Baby, B A B Y. Um, and so you could follow me there. You could follow me on Facebook at Matt Friedman. Um, 
and I'm, I'm pretty much all over social media. So you can follow me, Matt Friedman on LinkedIn and uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm everywhere. Awesome. Well, remember everybody that's listening, uh, that's, that's, uh, you know, listening to how much pressure this young guy is putting himself under with this move. You know, the greatest gem on the planet is a diamond and the diamond is made by experiencing the greatest amount of pressure. So, um, you know, you're a diamond kid. Thank you. Really you. Are. And, uh, that means a lot. Thank and you. I'm here and wish you nothing but the best. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know this is going to resonate with everybody, but um, I hope it resonates with young people that find themselves at 30 years old, maybe in a little fog because uh, times are different today than when your dad and I grew up. You know, we thought we were going to stay in the same career forever. And now, you know, the world is changing very, very quickly. So kudos to you and your wife for adapting to it. And we'll all be following you. Thank you so much. Honest, yeah. my, my pleasure telling the story, but honestly, it's an honor. Thank you so much for having me. I really, I do appreciate it. You're welcome, buddy. Talk soon. Thanks, Steve.